Welcome back to the Auto Amateur Podcast. This is James. What can be better than sitting around drinking coffee on a Sunday morning with a couple of friends talking about cars? In this episode, that's exactly what we're going to be doing. I've got my friends Michael and Noah with me, and we're going to be talking about what it's like to own Porsches and be part of a car club with fellow car enthusiasts. <laughs> so the focus of this episode is to talk about what it means to us to be Porsche owners and what it means to be a car enthusiast and you know to so, sort of socialize with other car enthusiasts. And it's interesting to me because for two reasons. One, for the longest time I had this sort of preconceived notion that people who owned cars like Porsches were not like me. And the second, I moved to Minnesota and I didn't have any friends here at all really. I just had people I knew through my wife. And through this car club, I've just met so many people. And while it was about the cars first, it's now about the friendships and kind of the cars are secondary. Uh, so I'm here today with my two friends and fellow car enthusiasts, Noah and Michael. Uh, Noah, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you drive. And Michael, you can do the same and then we can get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, James. So um, my name is Noah. I've got a 2009 Carrera 4S uh, manual in a nice aqua blue metallic. I've had it for about a year now, and I enjoy just driving it all over the place. I, I moved out here from California about five years ago and actually found myself in a similar situation to you where most of the friends and the people that I hung out with were all my wife's family. Um, and so I've actually seen the same thing. I joined the Fortune Pancakes group in uh, April, um, so about 10 or 11 months now, and I've just been absolutely loving it. It reminds me a lot of back when I was in California. Um, I actually started driving cars. My first cars were Volvos, and I had a, a similar group of people all wrenching on Volvos on old 240 turbos and 740 turbos and going to the pick and pull and stealing turbos out of Ford Thunderbirds to put on there. And so it, the group really reminds me a lot of that, of people who just love cars, love tinkering with their cars, and just love the, the joy of having cars that are fun and not just a, a way to get from A to B. Yeah, okay, that's great. And uh, you, you came along to the first Mods and Mayhem party that we did, right? Yes, and I did. Were you part of Portion Pancakes at that point, or was this uh, your first sort of entry to it? So I think I had met up with you guys for one of the pancake breakfasts in early April. Okay. Um, I had been to a few of the PCA events before that, um, some of the tech events, and I was looking more into doing some of the track driving, yeah. and um, the events were so-so, and not a lot of people talking to me, and then I came down to the pancake breakfast in early April, right as the snow was melting, there and uh, just absolutely loved the group, and then shortly after, it came out for the uh, the Mods and Mayhem. Yeah, yeah, that was great, because that was the first time I think I, I spoke to you, yes. or met you. I yes. remember you messaging me and saying, hey, would you mind if I invite myself along? Yes. And... Uh, I was like, yeah, awesome. And you came along and it was great and I broke your car. We can talk about that a little later. That's okay. <laughs> so, uh, Michael. Yes, hello. Uh, I'm Michael. I'm from uh, Rochester. I make the trip up fairly often, more so uh, hopefully this year than previous. Um, but I have a 987.1 Cayman S in a manual and I've had that almost coming up on three years now. I've had my car, I was talking earlier, almost longer than anyone else I feel like in the group with all the changes people have been making over the years. Yeah. Uh, and then just a couple weeks ago, I flew down to Savannah. Shout out to Jeff Reel. Uh, picked up my Panamera GTS and drove that home uh, with my wife, Shannon. 
So awesome car, awesome experience. Everyone talks about driving across the country in a, you know, car that they love or a Porsche, and it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now I first met you two years ago yes. at the Rochester Nordstern event. Correct. It and was the the what Spring Social, right? That's right. And a mutual friend of ours introduced me to you, and Shannon was there. Yep. And we got talking, and and I think we hit it off straight away. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, all right, we were talking about cars, but. You know, like two years later, we're really good mates. We hang out. You know, you can drive my car. I can drive yours. I might get to drive your Cayenne. Not Cayenne. Panamera. Panamera this afternoon, uh, which I'm looking forward to. But yeah, that, that's fantastic. So what? let's start off with just like being a car enthusiast. Michael, what does what do cars give you in life that, you know, other pastimes or other hobbies don't? Why, why cars? Uh I think it's just a fascination of just kind of how they work and the love that people put into them, right? It's like you see, you know, some cars are assembled a little differently, um, but there's a very strong following and a very passion from people, you know, much like us, right? It's like some people have kids, some people have Porsches, some have both, um, but we all kind of cherish them very much the same. And there's just an exhilaration that you can get from driving a car and, you know, whether it's in town it's on a back road it's on a racetrack like some of you guys do uh, i just really enjoy the exhilaration you know and especially having a manual it's one of the best i feel like in the business and it's just a joy to blip the throttle and get that perfect downshift and take off pdk all the way michael well i'm now coming around to pdk <laughs> absolutely but you'll still have to grab the uh, shifter out of my hand nonetheless yeah, and and Noah, so you were formerly part of a Volvo group, yes, and now you're part of a Porsche group, yes. Um, I, I've this is the the only sort of social group I've been a member of, I think, since leaving the UK, and and then it was more just about drinking and maybe playing hungover rugby um, on a Saturday morning or whatever. But I I do know a few people that drive Mustangs, and they seem to have a very similar kind of social sort of connection. Um, do you think it's sort of the same regardless of what brand of car you're into? If, if you've got that sort of common passion about a thing, you're going to find people that are interested and are willing to spend time and talk about it. You know, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think the majority of the group, I, I think you're, you're correct. You know, it's a love of machinery, mechanical speed. And if that's, you know, a Volkswagen, a Volvo, a Porsche, a Mustang, it's you know, they're all, it's all the same core things that people love about it. You know, it may be German engineering, American muscle, whatever it is. There, there are different aspects, but I really feel that that's just sort of the, the nuances around the edges. You know, at most core car groups, I, I'd say the things that bring them together are the same. And it's always easier when you have a passion for a certain car or mark that you like and other people like it. It's an easier conversation, an easier way to, to kind of group those people together. Right. And I was one of the way back when like circa 07 08 i was in a big like minnesota infinity car club started by some local friends that we had met just hey let's get together you know let's chat on facebook and then it evolved to on a kind of a smaller scale of portion pancakes there was like 10 to 12 of us but much like you said james becoming best friends i'm still great friends with those people now you know we went to my first z days with them we drove across the country shenanigans happened in florida one of our mates met a chick down there they got married still married to this day so kudos to that but i agree it's just the friendship that it drives and you know whether you're the corvette guys all wearing the same shirt and color 
and you know you have to be 55 plus to buy one or yeah. drive one yeah uh, part of the group there's still that passion and camaraderie that comes along but that's the interesting thing that i, that I think though is that while probably 60 or 70 percent of what the car groups are is just the love of cars it's it, it's always fascinating to me how there still is between the different groups like you know we, we have Porsches. We love those cars. And if there was a group that loved Buicks or something right. like that. Mutual respect. There is and there isn't, though. I mean, there, there's still that sense of, you know, different groups will sort of laugh or use the stereotypes of, of every other mark against the other people. When the reality is they're there doing the same things. You know, when I was in the Volvo group, my buddies and I... We loved pulling stuff apart and things would break and someone's car would get you know stuck in the shop and they'd spend the night at his place waiting for a part to get overnighted. It was all of the same things. But if, if, if you had asked almost anyone in that Volvo group then about a Porsche group, they would have used all the stereotypes that James used at the beginning. And if you'd asked anyone you know in our group about you know a Mustang group, people would probably make fun of that. So it, it's just funny to me how all the car groups, you know, kind of that sense of group thing, they'll make fun of the other groups, you know, like you said with the Corvette owners, yet we all love the same thing about it. Uh, it's just, it's just kind of funny how, and we all recognize that that's, that's the case, but we're still going to do it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, one of our friends, Todd pulled up to me and uh, Mario the other day when we were making, oh, you, you may be there as well. We were uh, filming a video and he pulls up in his 993 and he rolls down his window and he's like, Oh, I've got to park next to you water-cooled guys. I mean, that's a very in kind of like, you know, Porsche <laughs> yeah. joke. But yes. uh, it's funny, you know, he's making a dig. I'm an air-cooled guy. You're a water-cooled guy. But it's also, I noticed this too, like when I was doing a lot of international travel, the closer you are to, you know, to where you live and what you do, the greater the magnitude of those differences become. So we're all here in Minneapolis. We're part of our car club. The difference between us and someone in a Mustang club seems massive, but when you move further and further away from that and you are traveling through China and you meet someone who simply likes cars yeah, and as enthusiasts, suddenly you have so much in common. You know, when yeah. I was traveling, you know, I, I grew up in California, I went to school in Berkeley and I meet someone who went to school at UCLA and it's like, oh, you're UCLA and I'm Berkeley. And then the further and further away you get... You meet, you're traveling, you're like, oh, you're from the United States? I'm from the United States. That's amazing. Let's chat. And, you know, as you, as you remove yourself from that, the differences become so minuscule. Just, yeah. we like cars. Yeah. And, and that just is a, that's a common theme. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, what about Porsches? What got you into Porsches for the first time, Michael? Well, my big thing was, you know, you do the, you could do the book fair at school. You pick up your posters. You pick up your books. And you hang them on the wall and, you know, you over time you grow up and you just kind of have an appreciation for them. And, yeah. you know, for me, it was the Ferrari, the Porsches on the wall, the Lamborghini Diablos. And it's like, well, which of those is probably going to be the easiest or most achievable? Well, it's the Porsche, but it's also the most fun at the same time. And it's the accessibility, I think, for me is the big thing of I can take it out. I can drive it, you know, have fun on the back road. But then take it to the grocery store and fill up the front right. with groceries, or you know, as long as it's only two bags of groceries. No, no, the Cayman. You've got the front and <laughs> oh, the rear. That's right, you've got two. Yes, yes. Oh man, we fit. Jealous. We fit a virtual reality and a desktop in the front, and then a bunch of stuff in the back. So it can be done. It's very practical. That's amazing. But I can barely get in it. Correct. You, you correct. can get all of that stuff in it, but I can barely get in it. <laughs> we filled up the entire car to go to Door County for six and a half hours one way, and it was fantastic drive. That's awesome. And still pulled in like twenty-eight miles a gallon. 
I feel like I'm the only one in the group that cares uh, about amazed. mileage. But no, 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 you're not. You're not. Like Mario obviously doesn't care anymore. But no. I, I do a little bit. Right. Um, and now your wife, Shannon, she also likes the car. So. She was... So, yeah, it's awkward because when I wanted to get the Cayman, she was so against it from the very beginning. And I would slowly, you know, like, let's go out for a drive. And she's like, I guess. And so then it kind of became, a, hey, I'm having a tough day at work. It's 70 out. It's sunny. Can we go for a ride? Now she's asking me to go out for oh, a that's awesome. And I was like, yes, absolutely. So then we kind of had a mutual admiration and love of the car. And then, again, as she meets more people in this club, you know, Viola and Ruthie, yeah. she becomes good friends with those, much yeah. like we have with the Infinity Club. And, yeah. you know, it's I think it's the Nordstern saying, right, you come for the cars, you stay for the people kind that's of right. thing. That's it right. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, and now that she has one she can drive with the PDK, yeah. she's all about it. Oh, that's awesome. So... Uh but passing that on to you know like you generations with Luke and Adam and yeah. her getting people maybe that might not be able to drive it or yeah. you know not know enough about it to really kind of get involved yeah well for sure Luke likes to drive in oh, yeah. my 911 and he says daddy zoom zoom which means let's go <laughs> Not talking about my driving, hopefully. Better he's um, watching a lot of Mazda commercials. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, how about you, Noah? What first got you into Porsches? Yeah, so it's funny. I never really thought much about Porsches. You know, I always love reading Car and Driver magazine, and every time a, a new Porsche came out, it always won. And that, you know, the 911 Turbo was always, you know, the ultimate all around car that could compete with the supercars. And I never really thought much about owning one until uh, about a year and a half ago when I moved back from London. Um, I had sold off my Audi S4 and my wife and I were just sharing a car and I was kind of looking, I was like, I, I really don't like driving her Nissan Rogue that much and I want something that's fun. And so I started looking at, at different cars and one of, uh, one of my coworkers at the time, who was a big car guy, he had a M5 at the time and had just sold it for a C63S. Um, he started talking to me and he's telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, for you know, pretty cheap, you can actually get into an older 911. And so we were talking about, you know, like 20 grand and looking at the 996s. And I was like, huh, that, that could be an interesting, fun car. And so I started looking at the 996s. And then I was like, well, what about a little bit newer? And I looked at the 997.1s and kind of, you know, that went up a little bit in a price tier. And I kind of really liked that until I went and drove a 997.2. And I was like, oh, this is even nicer. And, you know, ultimately what it was was I love just the the shape, the design, the look of it, and you know me being the, probably the, the the I would say quote unquote cheap one of the group. I, I love the fact that the car had depreciated a lot already, and so if I owned it for three or four years, it wasn't going to take that much of a hit on depreciation. You know, I was looking yeah. at getting brand new cars, where you know I get a brand new S4, or I get a brand new Tesla for over three years, I'm going to lose twenty thousand dollars in depreciation on it. Yeah, I get a ten-year-old Porsche, you know, it's a couple grand, yeah. and so that's the funny thing always, uh, where you know people talk about, oh my God, that car is so expensive. I look at it, and say, you know, you're driving a, you know, a brand new Ford Escape, a minivan, that, or you know, but still, your your Ford Escape SUV that seems like this great econo car. Over four years, it's going to depreciate more in total dollars than my car will. And so you spend thirty thousand dollars on it, brand new. Yeah. But right? then, then, so yeah, at the end of three years or four years, I mean, which car really ended up costing more? And so I kind of saw this as a nice, fun way that I could have a really fun car and getting the 4S, I can still drive it year round when I want to, and you know, I could kind of get everything I wanted. And um, luckily, I, I don't have any kids yet. Um, and it, it's a time in my life like, when else am I going to be able to get a car like this? Yeah. And it's been, it's been fantastic. It's been yeah. a lot of fun since then. And how about your wife, Dana? 
Um, does she see it as like a, uh, a a luxury? A does she roll her eyes? Does she get in the car and say no? She, let's go. She rolls her eyes. Um, she doesn't. I would say she liked the S4 more. You know, she's driven both of them. She you know she can drive a manual, and so she's driven this car. She's driven the Audi. She's driven you know my cars in the past. She actually doesn't like this one as much. Um, I think it's a little bit harder for her to see. But at the same time, because of the way the power is delivered, she actually thought the S4 was way faster because it had so much more torque. Um, and so when you're you know driving a powerful car, some people will be a little bit scared to floor it all the way. Yeah. And with the Porsche, you really need to floor it and let the revs build. And then it's a ton of fun. Yeah. Whereas with something that's more of a torquey or supercharged or a turbocharged car, you kind of feel that instantly all the time. And so she actually liked driving the Audi more. Um, and I think she's also... A little bit nervous driving the Porsche in case she does anything to it, worried that yeah. I'm, I'm going to get upset with her. But I mean, she's 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 it's grown on her a bit, uh, but I'd say not that much. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of the fine to have, have your stupid car. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's kind of where the depreciation comes in too, right? At mm-hmm. least if you do get into an accident, you're not eroding a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, with something that's like yeah. a year or two old. Yeah. Well, yeah. for me, Ruthie doesn't really understand the. The passion I have for cars, or or at least why I have the passion for cars and why I'm interested, but she's just happy that I've got something to do. Frankly, she's happy that I can get out of her hair for a couple of hours and go and hang around in the garage, or uh, you know, she's happy that I'm like enjoying making this content, for example, and it, you know, keeps me away from the fridge or it keeps yeah. me away from the TV. Absolutely, and I think the friends thing too. You know, I'd imagine it's similar with Ruthie. You know, for me, my my wife Dana, she always. You know, I don't know if she necessarily felt bad, but she's really happy to see the fact that you know that my friend group has expanded. Instead of you know, she's got a big family, there's you know, thirty cousins around here. Wow. But to see that you know I'm I'm able to meet other people, and so for her, I mean, I think she loves that I have the car because she's seen how my you know my my network has grown, and it's not just hanging out with my brother-in-law or hanging out with my cousin all the time. Yeah, and most of us, you know, excluding a few bad apples, uh, are all you know pretty good individuals, and you know we're all. Uh, Pretty nice in the most part. I think so. Yeah. You know, when we're in good moods. Right, exactly. Every now and again, I might give you a bit of a slap. Well, you know, and every now and then there's the encouragement <laughs> of someone selling a car, someone's buying a car. And I do feel, seriously, it goes in it goes in um, chunks or groups, right? Because yeah, yeah. Patrick, you know, I'm sure it was discussed previously, but Patrick got his and then Ben and then you and, you know, yeah. everyone else is kind of... Upgrading oh, you know, in similar, yeah. It's like, well, I want one. Well, I want one. And I think it's some, some of price. the manufacturers recognize that. I mean, I, I think one thing that I've never been as familiar with, but I, I think happens is on a lot of the American cars, you know, with Mopar and things like that, they know how much these car clubs end up driving sales of new cars, end up driving sales of parts. I mean, right. every time I drive my car around and I'm not around the rest of the group, I'm like, oh, my car is fantastic. It's great. And then I show up and I pull up at one of the events and it's like, ah, oh, my car's so boring. The exhaust isn't loud enough. I need it to be faster. I need to have this. <laughs> and, you know, the, the groups end up driving so much sales and revenue for all the other, you know, for the, the car manufacturers themselves as well as for all the aftermarket groups. Yeah. And I think the American manufacturers recognize that and they, they do invest and spend a lot more money, I think, on some of those car groups knowing how much sales it drives. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, speaking of cars, let's go up to the auto amateur garage and let's check out your cars. Sounds great. All right. (laughs) 
So after finishing that episode, which was a lot of fun by the way, we went out into my garage and we made some videos for YouTube. So if you keep your eyes open for my YouTube channel in the next few days this week, you'll see an episode featuring Noah's 997.2 Carrera 4S and Michael's Panamera. I'm really excited to get those edited and get those published. That was a lot of fun doing that whole day. A couple of friends, some talking, a podcast, a couple of videos. I mean, what a really great way to spend a day. So that's it for another episode, guys. I hope you found it interesting. Leave me comments, check me out on YouTube, and I'll see you in the next episode soon. Thanks so much.